My name is Bill Crockett, and welcome to the Biblical Counseling Series entitled, Let's Talk Marriage, a biblical look at marriage and what it involves before we do it. God bless you as you study together. Well, it's time for our next session, and uh, these next few sessions are going to be really exciting because we're actually going to get into the different roles that we play inside the marriage relationship. The husband, the wife, and then if God sees fit to bless you with children, the role as parents um, with your children. Let's begin in this session, session number five, with what is a husband? You'll notice in your outline on page 18 of the study booklet, entitled The Husband, the statement or the question underneath there is this. God, what do you mean the head of the home? The man is the head of the home. There are a lot of misconceptions about that, and hopefully today we'll be able to clear some of those up. I want you to understand that the main purpose of every relationship is for one party in the relationship to enhance the life of the other party in the relationship. Love and concern and compassion for others is the key to a successful relationship. The Bible says that God so loved us that He gave His only Son. His love for us was shown in the fact that He sacrificed Himself for us. That's what a true relationship is. So let's talk quickly about the husband today. We're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 1, where the Bible says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And that's what we were just talking about. God loved us and gave himself up for us. Gentlemen, and, and this is not just to you, but to any man who is going through this series or who is thinking about getting married, you have a huge responsibility in the home as the leader of the home. But your number one responsibility is found right here in chapter 5 and verse number 1 of the book of Ephesians, where it says that you are to be imitators of God. Just like God loved us and gave himself for us, you're to imitate that in the sense that you love your wife and you give yourself for her. There are two main ingredients that make a husband a good husband according to God. We're going to talk about those in a second. But the main ingredient, the key ingredient, is Christ-likeness. To be like Jesus. Live like Jesus. Treat your wife like Jesus treated the church. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. These two main ingredients um, that a man must have in order to be a good husband are, number one, selflessness, and number two, service. In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, going all the way down through chapter 6 and verse 4, we have the description of the different roles in the home. Husbands, wives, children, parents, uh, and God describes these roles in the home. A role is simply this, a function or a part performed, especially in a particular operation or position. So, as a husband, in the role of a husband, you have a function or a part to perform in that position. 
And so what we're talking about today in this session, and we'll do the wives in the next session, we're talking about the part that you play in the position of a husband in the family, in the marriage. The two ingredients that you need, number one, are selflessness. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So many times, whenever you come to marriage counseling, you have people that will bring up the fact that God says wives are to be submissive to their own husbands. And ladies, I will just tell you this, you are supposed to submit to your husband. You're to be submissive in the sense that you allow him to be the leader of the home. But I want you to notice, the husband is not without his own responsibility to submit to authority. That's why in verse 21, the Bible says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The man and the woman in the marriage relationship is, is, is a, as we mentioned before, it's a unity. You're one. One is not more important than the other. But God has given us different roles. So the man is to submit to his wife, just like the wife is to submit to her husband. And, and all that later means is that you just love each other, and you think more of the needs of the other than you do the needs of yourself. Anytime we become selfish, we always create problems. So gentlemen, first of all, you've got to be selfless if you're going to be a good husband. Number two, you've got to serve. Each person has been given a role by God in the home. And, and gentlemen, it's your uh, responsibility to serve in the role of a husband. Now Ephesians 5.22, down through chapter 6 and verse 4, now begins to get into the specifics of each role. So let's talk about the two main roles of the husband. Here they are. First of all, leadership. It is the main responsibility of the husband in the home to be a leader. Number two, you're to be a lover. And we're going to talk about what that means in just a minute. But let's first of all look at this matter of leadership. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, and I want you guys to read it together, but I'll just tell you basically what it says. Paul is laying out a structure of authority. And he says, the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So here's basically the authority structure. God is the master general, Christ is his commander, and we're his servants. First the man, who like the, the director, and then the wife underneath the man. Now, all that means is the man has to answer directly to Jesus Christ for his actions and how he treats his wife. I heard one time a man say this, Ladies, what it means to be submissive to your husband is simply that you duck so God can hit your husband. So that's really all it is. He's responsible. When you refuse to be submissive and let him be the leader, then you're getting in God's way. If you will allow him to be the leader, God will take care of him if he gets out of line. God will deal with him if he gets out of line. And so that's how this all works. Now, gentlemen, here are some characteristics of being a leader. First of all, number one, A, your responsibility is first to God and then to your family. Acts 18 and verse 6, Paul uses that word responsibility. And it's the same word that's used about a man's responsibility to his wife. Your first responsibility is to God. So, fellas, if we're going to be good husbands, we first of all have to be good Christians. 
We've got to follow Jesus first, and then as we follow Jesus, then we can be adequate leaders for our wives. So first of all, if you're going to be a good husband, you've got to be a good Christian. You've got to walk with Jesus Christ and be submitted to Him. Number two, B, you've got to be concerned for the whole, the whole body. Christ was concerned for the whole body of Christ, not just one individual member. The decisions that you make in your leadership role in the home have to be made with the whole family in consideration, not just yourself. You, that's why you got to be selfless. You can't be selfish. Because you're the one that is leading the family, and you've got to lead the family in a direction that is best for the entire family, not just for yourself. Number three, you've got to be a servant leader. This means that you give yourself. In Luke chapter 22, the passage that's in your notes, this is where Jesus is explaining to his disciples how they determine who the greatest disciple is. And Jesus basically said, the greatest disciple is the one who serves. Not the one who is the boss and stands around shouting out orders. So as a leader in the home, you serve. You, you do things. You don't just tell people to do stuff. You show them how to do it and they follow you. D, in his book, The Right to Lead, John Maxwell says this, Leadership is not necessarily focusing on making people follow, but on making ourselves the kind of person that they will want to follow. A true leader doesn't have to tell people and make people follow him. Or follow her. A true leader is the kind of person that people want to follow. And gentlemen, let me tell you this. If you love your wife, if you put her first in your decisions, if you care for her, if you protect her, if you provide for her, if you build her up, if you make her know how important and valuable she is, and you make her, other than Jesus, the next priority in your life, you're not going to have trouble having a wife who will follow your leadership. But if you are disrespectful to her, if you demean her, belittle her, put her down, you're constantly criticizing her, you're constantly pointing out all of her faults, I wouldn't want to follow somebody like that. So, be the kind of person that people want to follow. And if you're following Christ, then you'll be that kind of person. E, next, let go of your ego. Being a leader isn't about an ego. Being a leader is about being a servant. And so you've got to let go of your ego. F, become a good follower first. Interesting fact that John Maxwell points out, West Point puts out more leaders than Harvard does. Why? Because at West Point in military school, they're taught to be good followers first. And then they become good leaders. Next, G, build positive relationships. Like I mentioned before, if you love and care for your wife and build her up, she won't have trouble having her submit to you and follow you. People follow people they love and trust. When you're charging that hill in the heat of battle, you don't want to have to be looking behind you to make sure people are following you. You've got to know that because you're the kind of person that treats them the right way, you don't have to look back. You know they're going to be following you. Next, H, work with excellence. This just simply means that you work hard. And that you work, you're not lazy, and you take care of your family. I, rely on discipline, not emotion. Now what does this mean? By and large, men are 
principled beings, whereas women are emotional beings. Men work on facts. Women work a lot of times on emotions. And may I say, you need both of those. If you had two people that just went by the book, you would have no passion in your relationship whatsoever. I can remember this. The one who I always respected and wanted to stand by when we were in the heat of battle was my dad. Because I knew that he would function by principle. People weren't going to push him around. But when I was sick and I was hurting, the one I wanted next to me was my mother. Because I knew she was compassionate and loving and emotional. And she would show that with me. You need both. But gentlemen, you've got to make decisions for your home based on discipline and principle, not on emotion. Sometimes you're going to have to hold the line in the tough times. Great example, disciplining children. A lot of times mom's heart is going to get into it and she's going to feel for that child not wanting to spank them whenever they need it. Dad, you're going to have to be the strong one to say, we've got to, we've got to discipline our children or we're going to, first of all, be disobedient to God. Number two, we're not going to help our children by letting them do whatever they want to do. Next, a good leader. Uh, Jay in your notes make adding value your goal let me tell you this you should both be better people because you are in a relationship with each other if that person sitting across the table from you right now or sitting next to you right now does not make you a better person by being in a relationship with them then you need to stop the relationship but gentlemen our one of our jobs as leaders in the home is to make our wife better people are they closer to God Is she a better person today because of me? K, give your power away. We're rivers, not reservoirs. What does that mean? That means that God gives us the ability to do things and it should flow through us to our wives, our children. We should be teaching and empowering them to do these things on their own so that they don't just have to come to us. And a lot of times, just to be honest, as guys, we like that power. We like it when people have to depend on us to do stuff. And I'm the worst at that. But you've got to learn to train and give your power away. Help empower other people to do things on their own because that's making them a better person. So first of all, you've got to be a leader. Number two, you're a lover. In Ephesians 5, the Bible talks several times about how much Christ loved the church, about how much God loved us, and because of that, He gave His only Son. As a lover in the home, let me tell you how you love. Four ways. Number one, sacrifice to take care of your wife. When you give up things that personally would be advantageous to you in order to take care of your wife, nothing says I love you more than that. Number two, add value to her life. And we've already talked about that. And and by the way, you see the scriptures here in Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to read these together after we're done and, and talk about how they teach these principles. So sacrifice to take care of her. Add value to her life. Number three, take care of her and protect her. And again, that's what Jesus did for us. And then finally, make her a priority. And uh, Ephesians 5.31 talks about that. So, that's just a quick summary of what God talks about when He discusses the role of the husband. Now, I want to encourage you to go through the discussion questions, read the verses, talk about these things, and, and together make sure that you understand what the true biblical role of the husband is.